Alright guys, hopefully third time's the charm. Having a little trouble getting started on this episode. But I'm glad that you're here with me. Hopefully it works a little bit better this time around. I always tell you guys it's been a while since I've been on here. And that's just the case. That's just how it's going to be. With school going on, with work going on, things are just crazy. And I know they're crazy in your life too, so I'm not on here to complain. I'm just happy to be here and I'm happy that you're here listening along with me. So let's get started. There's a couple things here that are really overcooking my grits. You have some things here that really get under my skin. It gets on my nerves. And I don't know about you, but I hope this is just causing the butter to fall right off your biscuit, if you know what I'm saying. It's just, it's really getting to me. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. There should be much more important things going on in my life or in your life or in the lives of American citizens' lives. But instead, what we have is we have some people who are so self-righteous. These people see themselves as being so high above you and I, even though they're supposed to work for us and to serve you and I, they put themselves on the pedestal. You know, when you, you read through the Bible and you hear about these people who they love the grand gestures, you know, they love being seen and being addressed as certain things, certain titles. They love having the best seats and being in front of everybody. Don't get me wrong. I want that as well. I'd love to have a wonderful car. I'd love to have a new Tesla. I'd love to have a, a nice big old house. I'd love to have some motorcycles, a few airplanes, helicopter. I'd love to have all these things. I would love to have the Air Force at my beck and call anytime I want to fly on a junket across the United States and go to Europe or wherever I want to go. It'd be nice to have that, wouldn't it, Nancy Pelosi? Wouldn't it be nice to have that? Wouldn't it be nice to just drink to your heart's content on the United States dole while you're off uh, gallivanting around, but be that as it may, she can afford all the ice cream she wants. She even shows you how much she loves that ice cream. Meanwhile, you and I are paying for it, and we're getting back supposedly $600 of our own money, and we're supposed to be satisfied with that. Well, frankly, I'm not. Frankly, I don't want any money from the government. I'd just like them to quit taking as much as they do. That would be nice. That'd be a nice start. I don't need a stimulus. I just need you to quit stealing from my pocket. Quit taking money out of my bank account. Quit taking it out of my paycheck. Anyway, so let's get to it. So we have a couple of things here that really bother me. And since we're starting on that whole deal of the $600, let's just go right to the second uh, article that I was going to talk about. I was going to do another one first, but we'll come back to it in a bit. So here we have an article. Now, this is by... Uh, I believe his name is Cameron Arcand, and he is a writer for the Western Journal. The article here is uh, titled, Six Republican Senator Senators Voted No on the Monster COVID Bill They Had No Time to Read. Okay, well, that makes it seem like he's saying that it's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. If you don't have time to read a bill, you should vote against it. I don't care what it's for. It could be the Save Every Child Act. But you and I both know that every single act, every single bill that we have, whatever it's titled, that title has nothing to do with what's in the bill. This is, is supposedly the stimulus bill. Uh, the only thing that this stimulates is our, is our debt. It just makes our debt go up and up and up, and of course nobody cares about it. So let's go ahead and read. Six Republican senators voted no on the highly controversial end-of-year federal government spending bill that was paired with a long-awaited coronavirus relief fund. So there you go. It's got to be paired with something else. That's called bundling. That's what everybody likes to do. You know, it's don't just get your TV, get your TV and your phone and all these other things that you really don't need, frankly, 
and you only have to pay $95. Well, all I wanted was cable. Only I, I only wanted $30 worth of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, but if you get all this other stuff, then that other stuff is cheaper. This is like the people who go to the shopping center and, and they come home and they say, hey, honey, I, I got a deal on this and I got a deal on this and I got a deal on this. I got it for 50% off of you. Yeah, but you didn't go to buy that in the first place. It's not a deal unless you are going out to buy it anyway. Yeah, that's that's something that people don't seem to understand. It could be 95% off, but if you didn't need it in the first place or you didn't want it in the first place, it's not a deal. So let's go. According to Fox News, Senators Ted Cruz of Texas, Mike Lee of Utah, Rand Paul of Kentucky, Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, Ron Johnson of uh, Wisconsin, and Rick Scott of Florida all voted against the $2.3 trillion, $2.3 trillion legislation, which was 5,593 pages long. Lee made it clear in a Twitter statement that nobody voting would be able to actually read the bill beforehand because of its ridiculous length. Quote, this is the spending bill under consideration in Congress today. I received it just moments ago and will likely be asked to vote on it later tonight. It's 5,393 pages long. I know there are some good things in it. I'm equally confident that there are bad things in it, unquote. Being asked to vote on something that we have never had the opportunity to see, much less digest and amend, is unacceptable, Lee added in a Twitter video. Cruz also referred to the legislation as a monstrously, uh, um, 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 I'm sorry, monstrosity, uh, and blamed Democrats for delaying the efforts to pass a second major stimulus bill. And, you know, I will tell you this, I, I adore Ted Cruz as a senator, as an American. I wanted Ted Cruz for president, frankly, and I voted for him in the uh, in the primaries. And I would have loved to have seen him as president. But here's the thing. Ted Cruz, I don't think, and I'd love to be wrong in 2024, but Ted Cruz doesn't work as president. And the reason is people today don't have an attention span, myself included. Uh, my attention span is not that great. I do love listening to political debates and things of that sort, watching the debates. I could do that all day long and never lose attention because that's what I enjoy. To me, that's like the Super Bowl. That's that's the most important thing on the docket is to watch that and to, to tear it apart. But what you have is you have some people out there who they don't want to hear arguments. They don't want to hear debates. What they want to hear is somebody tell them what they already believe to be true, whether it's true or not. And that's the problem that we have today. People talk about watching Fox News. Well, Fox News is not as conservative as everyone thinks it is. In fact, there are very few people on Fox News that I respect at all. You know, Brett Baer is uh, is a good journalist. Sean Hannity, I've, I've liked him. I've fallen away. I've liked him again. Um, he has his days where he's good and bad. But for the most part, I think he tries. Um, Mark Levin, awesome. I'm all in for Mark Levin. The judge, not Napolitano, but uh, Judge Janine, um, I forget her name. Um, she seems to be pretty good as well. But when people try and say that Shepard Smith, who used to be there, is conservative, give me a break. Juan Williams, Bob Beckel, these people weren't conservatives. They're not even close. <clears throat> so let's get back here. I, the reason I wanted to say that is because Ted Cruz, if you put him in a debate with somebody else, give Ted Cruz 10 minutes to talk. You don't give him 30 seconds. Donald Trump doesn't need that. 
Donald Trump is sound bites. That's exactly what he is. He is a walking sound bite machine. And that's awesome because that's what the news loves. The news loves, the media loves it whenever people say, like Hillary, Hillary said it's a good thing that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump isn't president. And he said that's because you'd be in jail. In that moment, I knew in that moment he won the presidency. Because there are enough people who are fed up with what Hillary Clinton did. They're fed up with what she did and what she said and, and the fact that she left those four people to die. Didn't give them uh, a moment's thought. Even though they were saying that they needed help, it was never given. It was never offered. When he said that, I knew he won the presidency. That never happened with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz did well in Iowa. He won in Iowa, if I uh, remember correctly. And I donated to his campaign twice. I'd love to see Ted Cruz as president. The fact of the matter is people don't want to hear him go into the reasoning behind why the founding fathers believed and voted for and, instant, and, and instilled in our country and in our documents, our founding documents, what they believe to be true. They don't want to go back and read, um, you know, the Federalist, Federalist Papers. They don't want to see how this nation came together. They have no desire to do that. Most people don't. Most people just want to watch TV, find out who they should vote for and then go. Or in the state of West Virginia, what we like doing and probably other places is just go down the ballot and say, oh, Mansion, I know him. Uh, Alloy, I know him. Capito, I know that person. You know, Caputo, yeah, I know them. Uh, just mark them down. You don't know anything about them. You can't tell me one bill that they've brought forward. You can't tell me what they stand for or stand against. Again, as other people say, stand against it. Uh, you can't tell me what they believe or what they don't believe. And especially with Mansion, because he's kind of like Obama, frankly. He sticks his finger up in the air and just tries to see which way the wind blows. And that's the way he goes. He wanted he wanted a legacy. Don't kid yourself. Obama wanted a legacy. And he is very upset. That's why he's not going away. He's very upset that we tore down his legacy. And you know what? I really don't care. He didn't have that great of a legacy to begin with. And let me say this. And you can call me a racist, a bigot. I don't care. I've been called things all my life. I don't really care. But here's the fact of the matter. Barack Obama had a wonderful opportunity to bring this nation together. He had a wonderful opportunity to lower unemployment rates for African Americans, if you want to call them that. Not everyone who is black is an African American. But if you want to go by that term, then that's the term we'll use, because that's what they want to call them. So he had an opportunity to bring down unemployment for African Americans. He had an opportunity to bring down unemployment for Hispanics and for uh, Asian Americans and any other, you know, group of people that you love to put these people in a box. They're Americans, in my opinion, white, black, Asian, doesn't matter whoever they're Americans. If they came here, if they follow our laws, if they came here the right way, came here legally and they're paying their taxes, not just sales tax, but also their federal and state taxes, then yes, they are an American citizen if they did it the right way. Why did you not care about those people? Why did you go and you attack the police officers and say that they acted stupidly when they were doing their job? And then you had to eat crow whenever you found out that you were wrong. When these people attack our police officers, shoot at our police officers, try and grab the gun of a police officer because they're asking you a question and you think that you're above them and you can, you can respond that way. I am very upset at Barack Obama, and it's not because he was black or half black. It doesn't matter to me. I am mad at Obama because he had an opportunity to do something wonderful for not only the Democrats, but for the United States of America, and he chose not to. Instead, he chose to go to around the world and to apologize for this nation, essentially urinating on the graves of every one of our 
you know, soldiers who went overseas to try and save this country from going under the dictate and under the rule of other countries and other nations. That I will have a, I don't want to say I'll never forgive. I'll have a very difficult time forgiving that because he had an opportunity and he blew it. Let's get back here because I'm running out of time. I think everybody knows where I stand on that. Says the bill was ultimately passed with a 92 to 6 vote in the Senate and President Donald Trump is expected to sign it soon. Thankfully, he's not. Uh, and it looks like it might change. Maybe they might, you know, give 2000 per person. Who knows? The fact is, we don't have the money anyway. We'll just say that you have the money and we'll put those numbers on a computer somewhere. But there's no money here. There's no cash. It's just a check. We send you a check and you take it to the bank and it shows you have money in the bank. It says, as if the massive $1.4 trillion in government spending tacked onto the relief funding was not concerning enough. The bill also allocates hundreds of millions in foreign aid. Notably, Pakistan will be getting $10 million for gender programs and $15 million for democracy programs. Isn't it funny that Pakistan, who correct me if I'm wrong, Pakistan has a nuclear arsenal. They have nuclear weapons, which costs... I would argue trillions of dollars to get that technology, to form it, to, you know, to create it, to have it and to maintain it trillions of dollars. I would guess if they have even billions of dollars for their nuclear arsenal, why can I not pay $10 million for gender programs? Well, I'll tell you why, because they don't matter. Gender programs are ridiculous. 15 million for democracy programs. You think that's going to help us here in the United States? You think a democracy in Pakistan is going to help us out? These people don't like us. They harbored, they, they harbored, uh, uh, I was going to say Barack Obama and that's not it. Osama bin Laden. They harbored him. They didn't even tell us that he was there. They let him stay there. It says other small countries like Vietnam, Nepal, and Bangladesh will be getting over a hundred million dollars each. The Sudan, meanwhile, will be given $700 million economic support fund. Let me ask you a question. Why are we giving these countries money when we can't afford to pay our own bills? When we're borrowing money from China, when we're putting in, uh, you know, all these tax raises on people, when we're demonizing the rich, we're telling everybody that they need to pay more in taxes. And then we're giving $700 to Sudan. These people don't like us. These are our enemies. At a time when many Americans are struggling to pray, to pray. Well, they're struggling to pray too. That's probably one of my biggest weaknesses is prayer. Um, at a time when many Americans are struggling to pay rent or buy groceries due to layoffs, the United States is giving absurd amounts to other nations while reserving $600 for American individuals making up to $75,000 a year. According to Statistica, the salary amount described over 53% of American workers in 2019. But of course, partisan hackery continued to reign supreme on the House floor on Monday. We also have, here we go, we also have in the legislation direct payments, which were not in the Republican bill, to America's working families. I would like them to have been bigger, but they are significant, and they will be going out soon, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said. Yes, they are significant. Says any half-decent Republican or Democrat knows that this bill is a disgrace, a prime example that a government that does not work for its people is a failed government. Oh my goodness, I tell you, these people, these people are horrible. So we only have about 14 minutes left, so let's go ahead and jump on to our next article here. 
Now this is a wonderful one. This is uh, going back for everyone who loves the uh, who loves these shutdowns, who loves this virus. They just want to keep this virus as long as they can. So we're going to wear masks. That way we get ourselves sick. We can wear a mask and we can keep that virus and we can keep that bacteria right there in our face. We can get uh, respiratory infections and upper respiratory infections and all sorts of diseases. We can just go ahead and harbor right there on our faces and then we can put that in our pocket when we go back out to our car or we can wear it in our car. We can wear a mask in our car while we drive around by ourselves, as though that virus is just floating out there in the air and it's just going to come right through that air conditioning system or the heating system of your car. It's going to come right in, go right in, and you're going to get the Wuhan. That's just exactly how it happens. If these people really think that's how it is, why don't they put these, why don't they put these masks over their uh, inlets of their vents of their car? I mean, it's just, of course, everyone knows it's not supposed to keep it from getting to you. It's to keep you from giving it to somebody else. So that's even worse. How in the world is this virus going to leave you, go out through the mask and go out through your car, float around with carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, mercury, everything else that we, you know, throw up into the atmosphere and that that's just going to land on somebody and give them the Wuhan. But since you're wearing your mask, it's not going to do that now. It's <clears throat> Let's continue. Title of this. Now, this is from the Daily Wire. Amanda. And I'm not even going to say her last name because I know I'll get that wrong. It's like a prestigia como or something. I don't know. But by Amanda. It says, Burks, after breaking own COVID guidance, says my parents were depressed and isolated. Oh, my. How, how sad. White House Coronavirus Task Coordinator, Dr. Deborah Burks. There we go. Dr. Deborah Burks admitted Sunday that she broke her own COVID-related travel guidance on Thanksgiving, gathering with three generations of family from two households. She was not celebrating, however, Burks assured the public in a statement, but rather winterizing one of her homes. Oh, that's nice. She has multiple homes. She has multiple homes. I love that. You know, I really do. I love that. I'd, I'd love for all Americans to have multiple homes. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but I'll tell you why that's a bad thing here in a minute, because uh, there's something that she talks about that kind of kind of gets uh, under my skin. Burks elaborated Tuesday during an interview with Newsy on the toll pandemic toll on the toll pandemic precautions. Okay, um, that's weird. Like the one she doles out to Americans. Oh, on the toll that pandemic. See, it's, the way it's written is very hard to understand. Um, let's start over. Burks elaborated Tuesday during an interview with Newsy on the toll, and it should say that pandemic precautions like the one that she doles out to Americans have affected her family. The task force leader said that her parents had become depressed and quote, stopped eating unquote over the isolation isolation. Burks has recommended time and time again. My parents stopped eating and drinking because they're so depressed. The 64 year old said during an interview, my daughter hasn't left that house in 10 months. My parents have been isolated for 10 months. They've become deeply depressed, Burks added, noting that they need to recover from the trauma of the last 10 months. Many online and news outlets like the New York Post tied Burks' comments to her Thanksgiving rule-breaking since her parents were present at her vacation home. Burks said that she took her Thanksgiving jaunt to Delaware because her parents were so down in the dumps they stopped eating and drinking, a justification ripped by people who said that it was her coronavirus restrictions that prevented them from seeing their own dying loved ones. 
the Post reported, highlighting online backlash directed at Burks. So in our short time we have left, let's go over a few of these. Quote, my dad died of COVID surrounded by people in hazmat suits. He didn't understand, unquote. Writer Mark Aldrich replied. Quote, my mom couldn't visit him. She is depressed. Burke's parents felt depressed. I'm sorry. She still has a one-parent surplus over my sister and me. Unquote, he wrote. Peg Manley tweeted, my mother died in March. We still haven't buried her. Yeah, nine months later, isn't that nice? Burke's hasn't a clue, Manley wrote. We have all gone without family, without celebrations. A Twitter user named Christopher said the isolation was even worse for his 78-year-old father, who lives alone. I haven't been able, to, been able to travel or see him in over 10 months. I've listened to the experts. We can all do whatever the blank we want and hope to defeat COVID, he wrote. Or we can all do whatever we want and hope to defeat COVID. So I guess he is quoting uh, something that she said, uh, you know, we can't just do what we want and hope to beat it. So. Why are you and your family special? At least your parents and daughter, daughter aren't alone. As noted by the Daily Wire, Burks repeatedly urged Americans to, quote, increase their vigilance at this moment, unquote. During a press briefing on the 19th of November, uh, due to the number of increasing coronavirus cases around the country and the potential for a post-Thanksgiving surge due to small family gatherings, Part of the guidance from Burks, the Daily Wire noted, what, quote, was to limit interactions indoors to immediate households, unquote. During the Newsy interview, Burks said that she will retire after she's helped the Biden transition team. Oh, that's so lovely. She's just such a trooper. She just cares about the American public. Quote, I've worked since 1980 in the federal government. Let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. So she has multiple homes, multiple homes. She works in the federal government. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that she has skipped a paycheck over this? She's telling you and I to stay home. She's telling you and I not to have Thanksgiving. She's telling you and I not to go to Christmas, uh, you know, and, and spend time with our family members. She's telling you and I not to go to the nursing homes. We're going to get those people in the nursing home sick, even though they're on hospice. We're going to get them sick. We're going to get this person down the road sick. We can't leave our homes. We just need to stay here. We need to all vir work virtually. Let me tell you something, Burks. Uh, because you're obviously not that bright, frankly, in my opinion. Let me tell you something, Burks. You can't drive a tractor trailer remotely. I'd love to see you try. Frankly, I'd love to see you sit in that truck and try and drive through downtown Pittsburgh. I'd love to see that. I'll even let you have uh, an instructor to sit right there beside you and to walk you through it. I'd love to see you take a tractor trailer into downtown New Jersey, down right across the harbor from Manhattan, where I had to go just a few months ago. I would love to see you do that. You want to tell me how to do my job? Let me tell you how to do your job. How about if you're going to tell us to stay in line, to stay inside and go online and do our work from online? How about you stay inside? How about you don't care about your parents? How about you just call them like we have to do? The rest of us are being punished and you're out gallivanting around. The rest of us can't have a life and you're able to go wherever you want to, to go to your vacation home working for the federal government. You know, there was a point in time where people would go into the White House, they'd go into the presidency, and they would leave because they couldn't afford to stay there. There was a point in time when people would go and they would serve in the military, and then they would leave because they couldn't afford the crappy pay that we pay our military servicemen and women. That they would leave and they would go out and join the real, you know, go out into the world, and that they would bring those talents that they learned in the military and get a decent pay out in the in the 
in the general population in the private sector uh a public you know but here here we have these people these public officials here they're wanting to tell us about how we can't go and we can't do all these things she has multiple houses and then she wants to tell me that she's worked since 1980 in the federal government for 40 years she's been in the federal government and she has multiple homes and she wants to tell me she wants to tell me that i can't go and do things my goodness the gall of these people this is the hypocrisy that i've spoken about before absolute hypocrisy that she thinks it's okay for her to go because oh her parents are depressed you don't think my parents get depressed you don't think great grandparents get depressed you don't think someone living by themselves in a nursing home but all alone dying with people coming in and as this person up, up above said with hazmat suits you don't think that they are not depressed or sad or scared or lonely fearful You know, you try and be in a good mood. You really do. And I'm in a good mood, frankly. I'm in a good mood just about all the time. But I cannot stand the hypocrisy of these people. She wants to be labeled. She wants to be revered for what she's doing here. It's Dr. Deborah Burks. Don't you forget. Dr. Burks. She's going to tell us what we need to know. You know, you can be a doctor. That's fine. I'll call you a doctor. That doesn't mean that you know all. That doesn't mean that you know and understand everything. That doesn't mean that you have an encompassing knowledge of every single thing in and outside of medicine. You know, we just had this with Jill Biden, a doctor of English, essentially. She knows where to put the pronouns and the parentheses and the nouns and all that stuff. Well, that's great. You know, it's it's nice to have good English. It's nice to speak and write uh, English. It's It's very nice when you can do that, when you can do that well. Obviously, I'm not great at it, which is why I started doing these podcasts so I can learn to speak better so that I can learn to do a better job of enunciating and things of that sort. And I think I have, frankly, I'm not saying um and uh like I used to when I started. It is getting easier. But my goodness, these people have such gall that they're going to tell you and I how we're going to live our lives. But if you bring it up to them that they're hypocrites, that they're doing the exact thing they told you and I not to do, well, they have an excuse. Well, you know what I have an excuse to? It's called love. I love my family. I love my parents. I love my church family, which I haven't been able to spend much time with lately, frankly, because of this whole shutdown mess, because of this whole mask thing. I have a beautiful beard. My beard is fantastic, and I'm not cutting it. But I'll tell you what I'm also not going to do. I'm not going to wear a mask over my beard whenever I go to, to worship. I'm not going to do that. I look goofy enough as it is. I don't need a mask over my beard uh, as well. You know, I don't need to be the object of ridicule. But I want to I want to go and, and serve. I want to go and I want to spend time with my church family. I can't wait for this mess to be over. But I'll tell you what, wearing a mask and keeping that virus right there on your face, keeping all that right there on your face and all that mucus and everything else, you can just breathe that in all day. It's not going to happen. I have no desire to do that, and I hope you don't either. I do care about everybody else, but I'll tell you what Burks doesn't understand. She doesn't understand that it's not just her parents that are depressed. It's not just her parents that are feeling lonely. There are all sorts of people out there who are resorting to drugs, alcohol, and to suicide because they don't know what else to do. You've taken away their jobs. You've taken away their livelihood. You've taken away their friends, their family. You've taken away their social life. And now you're trying to tell us that it's okay for you to do it because your family matters to you? Well, maybe our family matters to us, Burks. So you know what? You can't leave soon enough. Get out of Washington. We don't need you anymore. 
40 years in the federal government, I think it's time for you to retire and to take your nice money and to go and enjoy your multiple homes because you've just, you've just served your country so well. You've done a wonderful job. You know, frankly, these people, these people, I'm not even going to finish the rest of this article because I really don't care what it says. It's only two paragraphs anyway, and it's talking about how great she is, uh, you know, serving through the military. Well, I thank you for your military service. And there used to be a point in time when I would tell people that those people were better than me because they served in the military. And let me be very clear. I'm usually pretty clear with what I say and what I believe. I have a deep respect for anybody who served in the military. I wish I would have served. And maybe I can. We'll see. I can. I think I can still go in until 39. I could go into the Air Force. But let me say this. I would love to serve in the Air Force. I would love to serve in the military. I don't know that I want to serve under Biden, frankly. I don't know that I want to serve under somebody who's uh, buddying up with China when they are our number one enemy right now. I don't know that I want to serve under that person. But I will say this. There was a time when I used to think that those people were better than me. I don't think that anymore. I do believe that people who have served in the military are wonderful people. Anyone who can sign up to put their name on the dotted line to offer up their life and service to their neighbor, that's a wonderful person. But I know plenty of people who have served in the military, with which I disagree, with which uh, people who hate our nation. I'm sorry, but I do not believe that John Kerry loves this nation. And I don't, I, I might thank him for his service, but I don't thank for him for what he did after his service. Guys, I wish I could go on, but I have about 20 seconds left. So thanks for stopping by. If you like this, let me know. Send me a text. Shoot me an email. But uh, thanks for stopping by. We'll do it again sometimes, guy. <laughs> sometimes, guys. I'll talk to you later. See ya.